this one, and then this one. Here we go. Ready? Action. Ten ideas. I owe you four more. What can I even come up with? Can I ad-lib this? Good question. Website finally updated. And uh, the MP3s are uh, finally up. They uh, are finally uploaded as well. Met an elderly neighbor. Interesting afternoon. Starbucks offers refills, really, and then Greek for dinner. Food, Greek food for dinner, folks. Thursday, July thirteenth, two thousand twenty-three. I'm Stephen Sersky, Canadian expat, typically living in Beijing, China. Now traveling through his hometown of Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Haven't been here in a few years, so I've been. Uh, Taking the time to um, see how the uh, city has changed over the years. I haven't been in Winnipeg for, well, it's been f since 2018, I guess it was. So it's it's closer to five years than it is to four. And uh, as I was mentioning, as I've been mentioning throughout the week, um, this, it's, I see a few, a few houses that I remember being, they've been knocked down. Replaced with um, multi-dwelling, multi-story. Not so much multi-story, but um, like with, they were single-dwelling houses before, and now they are two or three or four uh, condos, basically. Very fancy apartments, basically. Uh, and that seems to be happening more and more. A lot of the... And I can... Oh, you, you can walk down some of these streets, and I'll tell you... As much as you would love to hold on to the history of these places, there's at least three or four I can think of off the top of my head that'd be like, you know, it's probably not even safe to really go inside. Can it be safetyed anymore? Like, does that even exist for houses? Um, but yeah, it just doesn't seem like it's something. If you held on to them, they would fall apart anyway, basically. That, that, that's that's what it's coming down to. Uh, they, they were built uh, many years ago. A lot of them were built oh, 50, 60, 70 years ago. So they, they've held their own for quite a while. But uh, whether or not they could sort of keep on holding their own uh, anymore is they'd require substantial upgrades. The foundations might be okay. The, the infrastructure, the frames might be okay. But it's everything that's sort of adorning the frames that seem to be falling apart. And uh, it's kind of disappointing to see. Uh, it's it's sort of heartbreaking in some ways because uh, as walking down some of these streets and, I mean, there are quite a few old houses. Some of them are, are still there. But the problem is, is that unless they've been sort of kept up over the years, um, maybe, maybe not so much the, uh, the main frames of them but everything else that's sort of uh hanging off of it you, you kind of wonder just how much longer each of these houses can last without either substantial renovations or simply just being knocked down and uh, yeah being knocked down and rebuilt obviously you're not going to rebuild the same house so why not build back uh something along the uh, uh, lines of um, like two or three dwellings instead. Ten ideas. Okay, so yeah, got a little bit sidetracked with this. Um, with the, uh, you know, the whole moving around and traveling and everything. I started this oh, three, four weeks ago. I started this 
uh, second last week of June, or the last week of June, kind of thinking, kind of wondering whether or not I was actually going to go to Canada at that point, to tell you the truth, uh, because, well, something to sort of keep the idea mechan mechanism going, I think, uh, uh, keeping the creative creativity going as well, uh, I never did finish it, um, thinking 10 places, well, I didn't write anything down, so could I ad-lib this 10 ideas to for places to visit um in winnipeg let's go for that so number one daily burger <laughs> burger shop number two nico's restaurant greek food just add that today so that's an obvious one number three uh winnipeg library number four portage and main windiest intersection in canada so they say uh number five would be Corden avenue number six would be osborne village uh, number seven would be uh, McNally Robinson, which is a bookstore. I've talked about that before. Number eight, um, we're going Assiniboine Park. Number nine, Fort Gary, Lower Fort Gary, which is a wildlife preserve. And number ten, uh, let's let's. I just need number number ten. Let's do a bike trail, like a Red River or Assiniboine River, the Forks. <laughs> Probably should have said that first of all things. The Forks, very famous, um, the uh, inter historical location in Winnipeg as well, where the Assiniboine and the Red Rivers meet in uh, in my hometown. Um, so there, I owe you three more lists, ten ideas per day. I will get those done for you. Uh, thinking also ten things to get rid of. Oh, this one. I'm doing this because I'm cleaning out my own my own stuff nowadays, just to tell you the truth. Uh, but uh, I'll get to that one later. Website finally updated. Uh, it's been a while. I actually spent a couple of hours this afternoon updating some of the uh, the different uh, tracks and everything. The, the website, the audio blog we, uh, page on my website. Uh, it's now fully updated. All the MP3s, everything, um, all the interviews. So actually, considering just how I could go about um, separating some of the the sound clips, the interviews, and the other sort of add-ons I've had in the audio blog over the years. I've been doing this audio blog for since 2021. This one, this daily, this audio digest, Monday to Friday, uh, this one since 2021. Uh, I also have another podcast, uh, which is I, I call it the Big Cast, because uh, it's a longer form uh, format. Uh, that one's been going on since 2020. And I do have uh, another couple of people lined up. I was actually talking to another guy today about being on the podcast. I was actually kind of surprised he uh, said yeah. I was I was surprised that he didn't jump at the chance for the three-minute interview. He was like, oh, I'll be on your podcast. Kind of going towards the longer form content. Uh, I was a little bit surprised, to tell you the truth. Uh, but uh, all that being said, that will be... Uh, lined up eventually. Um, all that being the case, how can I organize this? I've been pretty good at organizing it to date, but I've never sort of uh, segregated or siphoned off, kept separate everything. I haven't organized it that way. Like on my hard drives, they're they're categorized, um, and they're sort of categorized by month, and they're all dated properly. So in that regard, and they're all stickered properly, which I do appreciate. But in terms of, like, if you want to find which sound clip, you have to know which day that the sound clip happened on in order to find it. And I'm 
kind of going, you know, it, what worked before might not work going forward. Not only that, I think it might be kind of neat just to have like a little database of sound clips that I've created for this daily audio podcast. Something to think about, uh, something I have not uh, moved on just yet, uh, mainly because I, I kind of wonder how to organize these things. Should I create like a separate download folder or a separate place entirely? You might be wondering, I go, what, Steve, why don't you like, charge money for it? And I'll tell you, there's there's a couple of reasons that sort of prevent me from um, monetizing something like that. Number chief of chief number one reason of them all is because a lot of it's not stolen, taken. Like it's we're talking like it's sound clips of the street. Uh, it's sound clips of like animals. It, this is not stuff that I really see that people would pay for or should pay for. This is stuff that I'm willing... Anyone can do the same thing. So if I start charging for it, basically, no, not only would it be a Chinese knockoff, <laughs> but anyone else could do this. Now, would I go out and pay for this stuff? This is actually kind of what where it goes. I wouldn't pay for it. Uh, I I wouldn't pay for sound clips. I just wouldn't. If anything, I would make my own. I would modify my own. I would modify the sound clips that I already have at my disposal in um, effects libraries such as Logic, DaVinci, or CapCut, or you, you name it sort of thing. So, and, and that's sort of the big thing, is if I'm not willing to put up the money for it, why would I be charging other people for it? So if you're wondering, Steve, why don't you monetize some of these things? That's that's kind of a big reason for it. And, and the sound clips, they're sort of like a, a bonus add-on feature, if anything. I don't know if anyone listens to them, to tell you the truth. Like I, sometimes I put pre-roll, and it's a minute long, and I go... Ugh. I almost feel sorry for people who um, suffer through them. And the reason for that is because when they start... If they listen... If they've been listening for a while, they probably understand what I do. But if they're just tuning in, their first episode, they're going, what, what am I listening? Why am I, what is going on? I thought this was a daily audio podcast by an expat. All I hear is traffic noises. You know, can you imagine being the like, first exposure to ah, the sound of a chipmunk in the morning, sound of a squirrel in the morning, chirping at a man, holding a cell phone? Something along those lines, uh, you know, would you continue listening? So for all those who have stuck around through all of my various sound clips, thank you very much. I appreciate it. You've been solid throughout. I know the three people who've done it. <laughs> uh, and um, I do record these for you. I, th I, I Actually, I, I think some people find it funny that I post these things. Uh, I think some people are like, did he just post a um, a one minute sound clip of um, traffic? Did did he just post a one minute sound clip of grass rustling? Yes, I did. That I did, and yes, I did. Anyway, moving on. So the uh, website has been updated. You can take all the, uh, take a look at all the uh, show notes and the tracks on my website stevenshersky.com under the audio blog section was walking around today after the morning coffees. Did you know Starbucks offers refills? You can actually get these for free. They're free. I thought they actually cost money. Uh, you do need to have a new cup. So if you bring your old cup to the um, uh, counter, like your old Starbucks cup, like disposable cup that they give you, they will give you a new one. Uh, 
to get a refill, you do have to download the APP, the app, Starbucks app. You got to sign up for that, and then you uh, flash them the uh, uh, QR code, and they will give you a refill for free. So I had a dark roast, and then I had a blonde roast this morning. Blonde roast was fantastic. Um, it tasted like that sort of acidic type of uh, coffee that you would normally get in a lot of these craft roasteries and stuff like that. Dark roast. I've always liked Starbucks dark roast. People criticize Starbucks for being like burnt and stuff like that, but I'll tell you, I've enjoyed it. I don't know. I, it's it, it's good enough for me, uh, and it's something that um, I guess I've become. So, it's not even something that I become so familiar with. It's just something that I've never really thought too much about because it's just worked for me. Especially like we're, we're talking the brewed coffee version of what Starbucks offers. It's dark roast, I know, grande dark roast is always what I've sort of gotten. Um, today I added the blonde roast because I haven't tried their blonde roast in a very long time. It was it the barista special. I can't remember which which version of the blonde roast. It was, they started releasing Blonde Roasts about six or seven years ago. Uh, I remember that. Um, they had the True North Blonde Roast. I think that was the first one they released in Winnipeg uh, or something along those lines. Uh, but uh, all that being said, um, I didn't know that they offered uh, refills. And I, I, You probably don't because you probably don't sit there long enough where you're wondering like, well, should I... Should I get something to eat or should I get another coffee? You know, Starbucks is kind of renowned for its caffeine content. Would you get another Starbucks coffee if you were still there, if you still had work to do in the cafe? Um, just let you know, you can. Um, on the walk home from Starbucks, so I was walking around the neighborhood and uh, met, encountered uh, one of the elderly ladies of the neighborhood, Connie, the Italian, Conchetta is her Italian name. I never really thought about this before, but not that I think in Italian very often, but uh, um, this Italian family, she is this elderly lady. She's 88 years old and still motoring around her her, her house. Uh, apparently, uh, she, of course, is showing signs of age and her family is concerned about whenever she leaves the house. So uh, the fact that I actually dropped by, of all things, like when I... Um, what what one when I was there, one of her sons called. But then when I returned home, um, actually one of her other sons contacted me on Facebook and says, "Thank you very much for uh, dropping by." It, my mom was very happy to see people today, <laughs> to see you. Uh, so it was great catching up with her. Uh, she has been sort of a mainstay of the neighborhood, and she's one of these. Uh, I guess you can call her a grand elder at this point. She's a great grandson, great grandchild, uh, but she. She offered to, to take me into the, to her house to show me the photos on her kitchen wall of her family. And apparently her family had done this one time when she had left the house. Uh, when she returned, she saw all these photos. So it was really nice to see. Like it was, We're talking like the whole, uh, within the site path. It, wasn't, it didn't go up more than like a foot above uh, the site path. And she's kind of a short lady. So you can imagine like anything above five feet on the kitchen. Nothing... Uh, nothing there, but um, in terms of photos, I mean, it was all generations, all the kids, uh, photos of her husband, uh, Joe, from many years ago, and he, uh, like, they were known as the, the, the elderly, not the elderly, they were known as the Italian couple on, uh, on the street, 
he used to make wine from grapes in his garage. So his garage, their garage, it still has the the pit in it. So tiny little garage. Like imagine like a uh, like a, a garage for a Mini Cooper, basically. You drive the car in, and then underneath that, there's sort of like a there's a part a partition or a part of the garage that can open up, and from there you can sort of work on the underneath of the car. I guess I don't know how it would work for you to get down there. To tell you the truth, I don't remember that part. But what I do remember is as a kid going into this garage, the, the garage door would be up and uh, looking down into this pit in the garage and Joe, the neighbor, the, the, her husband, uh, was squeezing the grapes and dropping the grape juice into, a, uh, I guess, into a vat of some sort. I, I, can't, I can't remember the exact details, but I do remember the process happening. I, I thought that was kind of neat. He was probably one of the few people who I, probably, the only person I've ever seen in my life actually make wine on his own that way. And I don't know the next steps. I don't know anything else. But this this couple uh, was known for uh, making their own wine like this. Uh, they're also known for growing their own tomatoes. She had this. Uh, she still has this garden out in front where she just grows her own tomatoes every year. And every year when the crop came due. She would be walking around with baskets of tomatoes for the neighborhood. Um, the other thing that she would also do, she would make her own, uh, I'd call it Italian food, but she made her own food from scratch, like the ravioli, the pasta, um, the uh, the Italian desserts. Uh, would she make cannoli? She would make things like that, right? Anything that you could buy in the store that had an Italian name, she would make from scratch. One of the reasons for that is because she did come from the old country uh, when she was 28, I think. Yeah, she did not know her husband beforehand. Uh, she came over because, uh, she was telling me this again, I've heard her her, her marriage story many times, she's told me, uh, but uh, it was her, was her mother, her one of her aunts showed her a picture of a man, her future husband, who was looking for a wife in Canada, uh, but couldn't find or wasn't able to find a wife in Canada. And so they sent a picture of him back to the homelands. And she responded basically to that picture. And it took her three weeks on boat and then another week on the train from Halifax to Winnipeg to arrive and to meet her uh, uh, her eventual husband. Um, it's quite a neat to, to see uh, how that happened. She was a seamstress and she worked in a factory when she first got here. Um, and then uh, I think her husband also worked in the factory uh, later on. He died really young. Um, I don't I don't remember exactly when he died. Um, it was so long ago, to tell you the truth. I do know that he did play a role in the death of my first cat. Um, and I by no means can or will blame him for this. Uh, but I didn't find this out until many, many years ago, uh, until my, my dad basically said, yeah, no, yeah, your first cat got into a fight and the this neighbor basically was trying to break up the fight and swung a board and ended up whacking my cat. It wasn't my cat, it was a family cat, the household cat. And, uh, well, cat didn't survive that. Didn't, didn't survive that encounter with the two by four, basically. Uh, but again, you can't, 
you can't blame anybody or anything. It was the fact that this cat was a scrapper uh, and it was causing trouble uh, wherever he was, I guess it was. Yeah. So, yeah. But uh, that is another memory. But again, I didn't I didn't learn this. We're talking that cat died when I was 12, 13 years old. I remember crying about it. We got another cat after that. But I didn't find that out until substantially a long time later. Anyway, it was very good to uh, uh, meet Connie again, talk to her a little bit, uh, and uh, touch base with her. I, I mean, I haven't seen her. She's still going around, though. I mean, for 88, she's still on, on no walker, no assistance, nothing. She is mobile. She is mostly with it. I mean, I was I was told that she might not. I'll, she might be so showing some signs of age, but as far as I can tell, maybe it's because I haven't seen her in a while. You know, uh, all the stories are new and stuff like that. And there was sort of, um, she she was concerned about some things about my mum driving and stuff like that. But nothing I can really pinpoint as being, oh well, you know, <laughs> I should be concerned or anything. But she, very much still with it and able bodied. Uh, Young, elderly lady. Can you say that? <laughs> I did say, well, Connie, you don't look a day over 39. She's like, how about 29? I'm like, yes, that's a better age. Uh, went over to uh, Nico's for dinner. Uh, this is a local Greek restaurant that has been in uh, the neighborhood uh, for a long time. And uh, uh, it's actually under new ownership. I was talking to the owner. And there's also a cute girl, I guess, who knew the owner. Uh, at uh, there, she was she was dining, and I was there for uh, for just to pick up some food and everything. But uh, I actually asked him uh, later on, like, dude, you want to be on a podcast? And I'm like, you want the three minute podcast or the three hour podcast? He's like, well, we can do a podcast. Not thinking that he'd he'd jump at the chance at the three hour podcast because he owns a restaurant. Uh, but uh, he he was like, oh yeah, my voice isn't so good, so you know maybe it'll be not the three minute podcast. It'll be something else, and we can. Uh, uh, set it up later. So we'll try to see if that happens uh, within the next, uh, within the re remaining time that I have uh, here in uh, in uh, Winnipeg. But uh, over there, it's been a mainstay in the uh, the uh, the community for a long time. I didn't know he's the newest owner of it. He's had it for two years. Uh, COVID almost put him under, but there was previous management and then management, and then before that, there was another set of management. I guess, were they the original owners? I'm not entirely sure. There are a few of these types of restaurants in the Cordon area. Italian run, Greek run. Cordon is known as Little Italy, and it was much so, much more so back in the day when I was growing up. Uh, it was also kind of heavily sort of suggested to be run by the mob and the bikers. Um, that has sort of gone by the wayside uh, a little bit, but the families that ran Little Italy, ran the restaurants. Uh, some of them are still holding on. Some of them have diversified away from the traditional foods of the uh, of wherever they were uh, from. But uh, you can still see a note, not so much Greek, but certain Italian presence in the area. And in the last 20, 25 years, it has changed quite a bit from the food offerings, the restaurant offerings uh, in the area. Uh, the, the big notable ones, I mean, right now, I can, the, the ones that I saw, Daily Burger, uh, that's your burger shop. I think that is a Greek or is he Italian? I can't remember. There used to be a clothing store, Uomo, but that's now gone. That's some sort of boutique clothing store now. 
Um, further up the street, Nucci's Gelati, a, a gelato shop. That's been there for a long time. Uh, moving up from there, uh, there is, well, Nico's, of course. Bar Italia is still there, surprisingly, but also not so surprisingly. Uh, and then moving up from there past Stafford and stuff, uh, or closer to Stafford, um, I'm drop Santa Lucia, a Santa Lucia uh, uh, pizza, which is a famous pizzeria here, very good pizza, in uh, in in Winnipeg, and it's one of these things that they they sort of compete with the chain stores, but they're a lot better, and if you're not local you might not be aware of them. You, you would know of the Pizza Huts and the Domino's and even the Little Caesars, but you might not know of Santa Lucia's pizza. So anyway, good little um, walk around today. Uh, oh, and if you're wondering what I had for dinner at the uh, the Greek restaurant, you're probably going, not sure I really care, but in case you're coming to Winnipeg and you're looking for some Greek food, uh, Nico's restaurant on Cordon offers Pretty good fare. Apparently, I think the cook is actually the same. It's just that the management has changed hands over the time. Uh, I had the uh, hero with uh, onion rings. And this one, this hero was actually served with French fries in it, which the owner was saying, that's traditional. I'm like, All right. First time I've seen this tradition. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then also baklava for dessert. And that was a proper good feed for the evening. Rightful. Okay, folks, I'm going to leave it there. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Show notes and tracks and MP3s up on my website, stevensersky.com, is where you can find that. And, of course, streaming this on Spotify, Apple, Google, and uh, every other, or at least a lot of other major distribution platforms. Thanks, folks. We'll talk again. Have a good one. Stay safe out there. Bye-bye.